Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome again to Charles Kelly Money Tips. I'm the author of the book, Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Um, and I, I was a financial advisor and working for banks and insurance companies and for myself for over 25 years. And I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. So what's been happening today? Well, today, uh, you might not be listening to this on, on the day I record it, but it, it is the day before Brexit. And tomorrow, uh, in, in about 24 hours time, the UK will be leaving uh, the European Union. Now, on the back of this and on the back of uh, perhaps the general election result in December, which has broken that deadlock, that sort of almost like a hung parliament in a way, uh, and house price growth has soared to a 14-month high. And I say soared, don't get too excited because it's only gone up by, you know, 1.9%. Uh, but that that's better than, you know, it was languishing at less than 1% at one point, depending on which month you sort of cut off the, the, the year from. But the Nationwide reported that to January, a, a growth, of, it's recorded the growth of 1.9%, which is, is pretty good. And uh, you'll probably get slightly different figures when the Halifax published their report and then the land registry report comes out, which actually records the uh, the completion figures, but they, they might take a month or two to come out for, for last year. So so that's what's been happening. Um, now, this could be due to pent up demand. So everyone's out. But a lot of agents will say, well, January is quite a busy day, anyway, a busy month anyway for, for house. You know, people tend to get out in, in January and start looking after Christmas. It, it goes quite November, December, but it, it's still looking good. Uh, obviously, um, estate agents are getting a bit excited now, aren't they? They're, they're all, oh, yes, it's all on the up. You know, the, the Association of Chartered Surveyors are all reporting good stuff. And they're, they're all upbeat. I had a, a leaflet from an estate agent who said four times more buyer registrations in 2020 versus 2019. Well, I don't know how he manages to do that, like, in January. Surely, does he mean for the month or for the whole of the year? Does he mean he got more registrations in January than in the whole of 2019? I don't know. He said house prices rise by 3% in the final three months of 2019 in his area of sort of North London, Hertfordshire, and 10% more property sales agreed in 2020 versus, no, yeah, versus 2019. Does that mean he got more sales agreed in January? Because it's not, I mean, it's not even the end of January yet. Than, than 2019. Uh, I, now, I know this guy, he actually uh, uh, does sort of spend his life on, on right move analysing figures and he can give you all sorts of figures. So he, he's obviously upbeat. I mean, this this comes on the back of uh, a very quiet period for estate agents. I mean, some of these agents, I, I, agents I spoke to said that that sort of period 2017, 18, 19 was the worst they'd ever seen. Money. Having said that, some of them are only 15 years old. Well, all right, maybe not. I made that up. Okay, 16. Okay, well, all right, 17 years old. Let's say that. I mean, uh, they haven't had a lot of life experience yet, but um, sorry if you're in a state. I'm just having a little joke because a lot of them are kids who've probably only ever seen one recession in, in their life. They've grown up uh, believing that we've always been in Europe. Um, so they've only ever seen 
that that you know the back of that 2008 recession perhaps some of them were still in short pants when that was happening let alone the ones in the 90s and and the 80s crash and and even going back further that there's been lots of ups and downs in property and you've got to remember that property has a kind of it is still high i mean if you look at the fundamentals people still can't afford to buy houses ordinary buyers and first-time buyers still can't afford to buy houses in much much of the country particularly in the southeast where you know in london you might need 15 times the average salary to buy a flat in in st albans it's it's not far off of that it's i think it's not like 12 times the average salary to buy a property in in st albans in hertfordshire which is with miles out of london so you know the fundamentals are there and 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 you've still got uh central banks printing billions of of uh euros and yen and dollars to sort of buoy up the market so that we don't have a recession and you've still got the the stock market on 11 year almost continuous bull run on an 11 year high and we, with many investors such as warren buffett feeling that everything is a bit overpriced so the fundamentals still point to uh well, don't exactly point to a boom let's put it that way and yeah, now just getting back to these figures, prices up half percent on December, but Nationwide, strange enough, predicts that house prices will be flat in 2020, which uh, is a bit strange. They said the average value of a UK home is 215,000. So when you think that's average across the whole of U the UK, when you think the average salary is 27,000, you know, even if you put two salaries together, you're going to need like nearly four times joint incomes to, to get your mortgage of that amount. Uh, unless, of course, you've got family money and, and the bank of mum and dad chipping in large deposits, you know, they're not going to be able to get on the housing ladder unless you live in somewhere maybe like the northeast, Newcastle, where you can pick up a house for 50 grand, maybe. Uh, so it, it's still going to be difficult for people. Now, Zoopla showed that cities outside of the south of England saw the biggest rise in 2019. And I think other figures showed that the northwest of England was going up quite a bit. Uh, but they say 6.1%, the highest in the country, was seen in Edinburgh, 6.1% growth uh, in December to December 2019. And Nottingham was the second, 5.2%. So if you're around the Nottingham area, you've seen a good uh, rate of return on the capital side of, of your uh, uh, property. But some parts of the country, I, I mean, a couple of years ago, I was looking at part of the Midlands, not far from Wolverhampton. And, and I looked at the prices there. They hadn't moved since 2008. And, you know, parts of the Northeast fell last year. So, you know, even if you get a 5% rise in some parts of the country, if it's been falling or not growing by that much, uh, you know, it's just about catching up. Obviously, London did fall as well in the last couple of years. But, you know, if you look back so over 10 years, London's gone up so much that, um, you know, just one property in the, in the centre of London could have made you a million pounds on just capital growth alone. Whereas, you know, getting 5% uh, growth on a property that's only worth, say, 50,000 to start with is, is only two and a half thousand pounds. So it's, it's hardly anything to write home about. So you've got to look at these figures and, and analyze it for yourself and decide where you want to invest and, and what you want to do. Uh, but if you, if you do want to invest, then best to learn about it, learn about the various strategies, learn about uh, whether you're going to do straightforward buy to let. HMOs, housing multiple occupation, whether you're going to do serviced accommodation, perhaps holiday type lets, whether you're going to do flips, refurbishments, refurbishment and refinance. What are you going to do? Are you going to develop? Would you would you like the idea of developing office to resi? 
So th- there's all sorts of strategies, including some strategies which do which can mean that you don't need your own money. You can in, you can get into property using other people's money and with no money down yourself. There are lots of strategies to do that. And if, you, if you're interested, uh, just contact me and we'll put you in touch with a course provider that can give you a free day, uh, a taste a day or a free taste a weekend, absolutely free. And then you can decide when you're there whether you want to go into other courses on a deeper level, which which would be paid, uh, but you're under no obligation to, to do so. I've been on several of these and I think they're really useful. You can learn so much just from a, a free taster because you, you realise then that there's lots of different strategies. It's not just about, oh, let's go and do a buy to let. Let's buy a house down the road because I like that area because I would live in that area. So I'm going to buy a house there, which could be the wrong thing. It, it, you know, you've got to know how to analyse these things. You've got to le- learn how to analyse the yield and the rate of return. And, you know, what what you, what you can expect, how to, to find the best areas for lettings, how to find the best areas for, for maybe growth, how to, how to analyse these things so that you're not ending up with a property that is difficult to let and maybe empty for months. Uh, you, you might want to know a little bit about the law on letting, yeah? Do you think that would be useful to learn uh, a few of the rules and regulations? Uh, the Tenants Act, for instance, the Tenants Fees Act, um, what you should be doing about um, gas safety and, and all these things. Uh, it sounds complicated, but it's, it's not if you if you know what you're doing and how to go about it. So, so let, let me know if you're interested in that. Just contact me on Messenger or on uh, at my email charles at charleskelly.net charles at charleskelly.net now the bank of england finally uh, the monetary committee voted by seven to two to keep uk base rates at 0.75 percent there was a, a rumor that things might uh go might um the interest rates might go down uh because uh they, they thought that uh, they they want to stimulate growth, but it seems that they're saying that well the cost of living is uh, uh, the, the the economy is is um, I'm just going to look for this here uh, the economy is is doing okay so the Bank of England said well uh, if it's picking up there's no point in then reducing interest rates if if the economy is picking up uh, so if if the economy was stagnant and things are not moving they might then drop interest rates rates back. But uh, there are some good mortgage deals around at the moment. There's some, you know, really cheap deals. So if you are borrowing, that there are some good deals on even on buy selects and that sort of thing. So so there you go. Um, that that's really about it. Another little bit of news: Wonga is has been asked to uh, compensate four hundred thousand missold loans. Uh, now Wonga was uh, quite revolutionary at the time because they could you could phone up, get a loan, and uh, it was it was in your account within minutes rather than going to a bank and groveling and spending hours there and then getting the money in three weeks time uh, so so they did uh you know revolutionize things but it seems that maybe some of these loans have been have been missold missold doesn't mean they're 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 crooks or anything it just means that there's some tick box that hasn't been dealt with or or some 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 people say well i wasn't told that you have to pay it back i, I wasn't told you had to pay interest on it uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know what the interest rate was. Well, it was sent to you. You know, you had it in a big pack there. You just didn't read it. So anyway, we'll see how they, they get on. And the banks have been asked to explain their their 40% overdraft rates, not because they're going up to 40%. Yeah, 40% for an overdraft when the base rate's at what? 0.75%. They're charging 40% on, on their... Is that 60 times the base rate? I don't know. But... Um, 
you know, they, they've been asked to explain that, not because they're charging 40%, but because they all seem to be charging the same 40%. Well, how's that? Is that a cartel? Have they got together and said, we're all going to charge 40%? But a little bit suspicious, isn't it? So, you know, you haven't got some charges 35 and 30 and some charges 50. No, all all the major ones are charging 40%. Well, that smacks of, oh, let's get together in a dark room, smoke a few cigars, and let's all decide to, to keep it at 40%, shall we? Well, as far as I know, that, that's not legal. But anyway, the, the regulator will, will sort them out. But if you do go into overdraft now, you, you could find that you're being charged 40% because the regulator... Uh, pull them up on charging these excessive fees for people going overdrawn. But uh, what what the banks argue, just to give them their side of the story, is that when you've taken away the fees that would be charged for unauthorised overdrafts and that sort of thing, sometimes people are better off with 40% if it's a temporary overdraft, like for a few days, because you're not going to get charged 40%. The annualised rate is 40%. So if you go overdrawn by £100, they're not going to charge you £40 or 40% of that £100 for a day they would charge you an annual percentage rate of 40%. So they're not exactly loan sharks quite yet. You know, it's not like the Vic as they, they have in these gangster mafia films. But uh, anyway, they're not far off the mafia, really. But so that they argue that it would be cheaper for people now, even you know when you take away the other fees, if they're in, in overdraft facilities for a few days, that's fine. But if, if they're going to have a long-term overdraft, they would be better off converting that to a loan and then they would pay lower rates, obviously. So, so that's it, really. Um, thanks for listening. And you know, if you're if you're out there looking for a house, you're joining lots of people. Well, let's hope that things will pick up in 2020. We'll have a better better year or two now that uh, there's a bit more confidence around. We've got the general election out the way. We're leaving the European Union tomorrow night at 11 p.m. Now, a lot of people are not celebrating that, but at least it's out the way. It's done and dusted. We're not. You know, we've had three years of of three and a half years really of uncertainty and hung parliaments and and governments without a majority so we need to get things moving start the government will start hopefully spending money particularly in the north and revitalizing things and uh, putting some capital into the economy uh, for, for, for projects and infrastructure products projects and that should stimulate the economy also the, just just one other final thing the home office uh, have been advised by the migration advisory committee to drop the minimum salary for work permits down by, I, I think, to 26,000 from 30,000. This is because, you know, when when you when free movement stops, uh, which won't happen, to, I think, till next year, um, they'll, they'll need to have an Australian-style points-based system in place for that. And and they feel that the salary rate at the moment is too high. And, and it is too high. It was put up, really, to almost stop immigration from outside of the EU. But companies and Things like the care industry and various industries need people from overseas. So they're, they're hopefully going to make the work permit system a little bit more workable for employers. So there you go. Thanks for listening. This is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. And once again, if you're interested in learning about property and how to become a property investor using none of your own money, contact me on Messenger or at charles at charleskelly.net. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 